Welcome to Effortless Swimming, the podcast for swimmers, triathletes, and coaches. Join Australian swim coach Brenton Ford as he reveals the latest techniques and information to improve your swimming. Let's dive right in. Welcome to another episode of the Effortless Swimming podcast. My guest for the third time on the uh, on the podcast is Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist. Steph, how are you going? Well, thanks. How are you? Very well, thank you. So we've um, I've had you on the, the podcast quite a few times because... Uh, I think we first, I first sort of learned about you through an email that you replied to of mine and then I went onto your website, checked out some of the recipes and got hooked and uh, started, and that was sort of the, the start of my baking career, where <laughs> I started making muffins and cakes and all this sort of stuff and, um, and that's where I first learned about uh, gluten free, I had no idea what it was before speaking to you and in the last probably 6 to 12 months it's really sort of uh, gained a big following. Have you noticed the same sort of thing? Yeah, it certainly has, which is great to see. The whole real food movement is really accelerating and um, couldn't be happier. Yeah, well, it's, it's amazing. Like the the people who I talk to have never really focused much on their diet. Even they're sort of starting to go gluten-free now. And, uh, you know, you, I hear a lot of stuff uh, in the news or in, in magazines or new, newspapers saying it's the latest fad, but mm. I think it's sort of going... Yeah, it's it's not just a fad. It is a people are really switched on to the benefits of it, rather than it being, um, you know, like the the lemon detox diet or something silly like that. You know. Yeah, I think. I mean, it certainly came out as a little bit of a fad when um, the whole marketing industry jumped on and um, introduced the gluten free products. And that's where um, the gluten-free approach still does get quite a lot of criticism because really that you're just replacing one product in a box with another, which is missing the point altogether. If you eat natural whole foods, you are eating gluten-free and you actually don't need anything in a box. So that takes it back to natural nutrition and eating real food and that should be the foundation of everyone's nutrition. So it brings it back to more of a lifestyle approach and not a fad. Yeah, that's right, and it's uh, you've really yeah you've really got to have the whole approach, and, and not just I mean you know cutting out gluten is good, but if you are substituting it for foods that are just as bad, like the chips, and there's you know there's twisties that are gluten free, and look I'm not going to lie, occasionally I will buy a packet of them um, when I'm looking for something bad, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like having the going for the low fat option of the the milk. They're just replacing it with other stuff when they when they change those products. Yeah, and if you follow the 80-20 rule, then I'm more than okay with that because nutrition is not a quest for perfectionism. But, you know, obviously anything in a packet or a box, anything with a label or a mascot is never as good as something that comes from nature. Yeah, that's exactly it. And that's that's why I like a lot of your recipes and things like that. Speaking of recipes, what are some of your favorite ones at the moment that you're cooking up? Yeah, I guess the seasonal change is happening here in Victoria. So I'm sort of stepping away from the, the smoothies for refueling particularly and into the, the quinoa porridges for a more sort of warming and nourishing meal, particularly post-training. Um, I've got the slow cooker out and starting to make some soups. Like I made a really nice pumpkin soup, I think, last week or the week before. So just really starting to eat a little bit more seasonally and, and choosing some warmer options. Now it's getting a little bit cooler here. Um, but this has certainly been, everyone loves the sugar-free sweet treats. Every time I post one of those recipes, (laughs) (laughs) the website hits go through the roof. Um, so one of my more recent, uh, recipes was, um, some nut-free brownies 
Um, and they're definitely worth a try. They're on online now. So a nice little sweet treat and all natural ingredients. Awesome. <laughs> um, and then with, uh, with those uh, recipes, you you also put up quite a few tips and on your Facebook page as well. And one of the latest ones was about carb loading and why you think it's BS. And that was yeah. just uh, leading up to Ironman uh, Melbourne here, which is a huge event here. And I'm sure a lot of people would have been thrown out by that when they're they're used to carb loading and they've heard you know they've done that for the last five ten years. So what what's your take on carb loading before a big event like Ironman? Well. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head saying it's BS. So, I mean, carbohydrate loading is a school approach and it really just, um, I guess it makes the assumption that we have unlimited stores in our body, which we clearly do not. So, I like to use the sink analogy. So, if you um, have a full sink and you keep putting in more food, that sink is going to overflow. And the only place that goes to is fat storage. So carbohydrate loading in race week really does um, actually lead to or it can lead to um, increased weight gain, particularly um, when we think about that carbohydrates have a certain amount of water molecules attached to them, so you carry extra water weight. And if you really go crazy with your carbohydrate loading, you're going to be heavier on the scales, and that's the last thing you need over the an endurance event. Mm. So what do you um, so what do you suggest instead in the, the one or two days in the lead up to an event like an Ironman? Well, actually, it's not about that at all. It's about your post exercise refueling, and you and I have discussed this before. And there are plenty of um, articles on my website about the refueling and what every athlete should have as their priority is what they do in the sort of thirty minute to one hour window post exercise. So that's when you get to top up a sink because during exercise, those stores in that sink drain. So you're using your muscle glycogen and therefore there's room for you to top up post-exercise. But, you know, you, obviously it's it's only just relative to the exercise session. So you're topping up your sink and then therefore it's it's full and it should be year in, year out, provided that, you, you know, you prioritize your refueling. And then race week, you're training less because you're tapering. So you actually eat less rather than eating more than double your body weight in simple sugars and um, starchy carbohydrates. Yeah, that's a hard thing, slowing down the eating when you're starting to taper. And just, uh, <laughs> as a swimmer, I know that when we'd have our off-season, it would be for two or three weeks, but we'd still eat the same amount of food when, as when we were training full-time. And you know, it shows on the scales. But, oh, you experience it firsthand, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, it's, I found that one of the hardest things to shut off during the, during the off-season was just to bring down the amount that I was eating. But um, so that's uh, – have you changed anything with your post-training refueling? So I know we've talked a bit about it before with you know, a banana is a really good idea to have straight away. Um, is there anything else that, that you've sort of changed lately? Um, the main focus would be really considering what your body can tolerate when you've just finished exercising. Um, a lot of research shows that your body's not really ready to start digesting a complete meal and solid food. So that's why smoothies are such a fantastic option because you can have the right amount of carbohydrates, whether it's just from a natural fruit source. You can obviously include protein and good fats to help with recovery. Um, but as it's a liquid source, you have higher absorption and your body can tolerate it better. So I'm a big fan of smoothies post-exercise. So you make them up before you go? You certainly can. I mean, you can make them the night before and take them with you if you've got some logistical considerations. 
um, I'm lucky enough to come home for brekkie every morning, so I make my smoothie then. Yeah, nice one. And, mm. then, and then in terms of uh, a friend of mine, Simon Hearn, he asked uh, on, on our Facebook page when I said I was interviewing you for the next podcast, yeah, he wanted to know about vitamin and mineral, mineral supplements. Do you, do you recommend any or do you – like what, what's your take on them? Um, essentially, we shouldn't need simple multivitamins if we're eating really well-rounded, nutrient-dense, natural nutrition um, approach – but, I mean, that question is quite relative. So I would always get someone to focus on what they're eating first. Um, and then things like supplementing with maybe a greens powder is the first place to start because you're not paying for uh, expensive multivitamins that you're just going to eliminate in the toilet. You're getting smaller doses of um you know, vitamins, minerals, and micronutrients. And it acts like a little bit of insurance, an insurance policy, just in case there is something missing from your nutrition. But I mean, the priority needs to be what you put in your mouth. And then from there, supplementation is very relative. And I get most of my athletes to, um, you know, start with some things that I believe are appropriate for them, which we develop. Um, or which we determine in their consultation. And then if anything else need is needed, it comes from a blood test. Yeah, so it's an individual approach. Yeah, absolutely. It needs to yeah. be. Otherwise, it's just expensive and unnecessary. Yeah, right. Mm. And then uh, and, and blood tests, we we used to um, have to or get one every single year that yeah. we were swimming because it quite often most of, the, most of the swimmers were iron deficient, mm. uh, I think, you know, probably because of the amount of training they were doing. Um, but, uh, yeah, ever since then, I, I usually get a blood test at least once a year just to see if there's anything um, that's, you know, that, that's not normal there. Um, yeah, that's a fantastic way to prescribe because then what you're doing is you're accounting for what's missing rather than guessing. So you're really removing that guesswork from a supplementation point of view. Yeah, that's right. So I think um, you know, getting that tested is, you know, it's, it's really important, especially if you're training four, five, six, seven times a week. Uh, because you might be missing something really crucial that that's quite easy to pick up with a blood test. Absolutely, and even three monthly because seasonal changes are huge, and obviously that's relative to where you live as well. But if you think about vitamin D, if you live in a in a, a place where you know you get copped with quite a big winter, eighty percent of people are vitamin D deficient. Yeah, that, that's right. It's a huge one, and yeah, I mean, even even in in Melbourne where it's yeah, it's not that it's not as cold as some of the European countries, but People are quite often indoors and they don't even see sunlight because they're at work at 8 o'clock, leaving work at 5.30, 6 o'clock, and they don't see any sunlight. Oh, Melbourne's a big one because we do get winter. It's not like Queensland, which is obviously, you know, pretty sunny all year round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's, it's important to get that done. Mm. Then uh, as well, we've talked a bit about it before with protein powders as well, but uh, what, are your, what are your favorite protein powders at the moment? Um, I guess the protein powder question, um, you know, it's quite common. I love using a natural protein powder because obviously that fits in line with our real food approach. So there's um, a fantastic brand that um, I've been using probably for about a year now, which is Bear Blends, and that's an Australian-owned company, and they do um, online delivery. So it's bearblends.com.au. It's all natural and uh, obviously gluten-free and from a really great whey source. which is important because there are a lot of products out there which are uh, quite processed and full of colorings and preservatives and other unnecessary additives. So uh, obviously steering clear clear of those is is pretty important. 
Um, but on that note, though, not everyone needs protein powder. I think athletes can certainly benefit because they do have a higher requirement and things like smoothies are obviously a great place to add that protein powder to. But let's not neglect what we're putting in our, in our mouth in terms of real food as well. With the uh, with the greens powders, mm. how do you how do you normally mix them in? Do you, just with your smoothies, or is there? Yeah, and into a smoothie is a great way to not have to take another product. Otherwise, you can you can just mix it with water. It's, the serve is usually a teaspoon, um, but it's a great it's great in a for nutrient density. Yeah, yeah, I've got uh, I've got a huge a, a big tub of uh, spirulina that mm. I've uh, yet to get about one one hundredth of the way through. Uh, <laughs> Buying in bulk is the key though, hey? Yeah, that's right. I thought I was getting a great deal at the time, but uh, <laughs> this was two years ago now, so I'm certainly Stop. getting my money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and now with uh, gluten-free breads in the in the supermarket, do you uh, you try and steer clear of these, don't you? Prefer- I think I it's more of an 80-20 approach. I mean, to be honest, everyone's going to go to the local cafe and have breakfast it's often a big ritual in terms of a post-training um situation and i don't think anyone needs to be um aiming for for perfectionism as i mentioned earlier so obviously 80 percent of the time or even 90 you want to be eating natural whole foods but a little bit of bread every now and then is is okay um and obviously gluten-free is really important from an anti-inflammatory and a um a recovery point of view um it just comes down to the nutrient profile if you're looking Comparing two gluten-free breads in the supermarket, I would purely pick the one that has the least ingredients and ideally the least amount of sugar grams. So I guess that's the best way to, to, to make the best choice. Mm, okay, that's a good tip. Mm. Uh, are there any books that you're reading at the moment, any nutrition-related books that you're reading at the moment? I am currently reading a book called Eat the Yolks. It's written by um, a nutritional practitioner from the States, Liz Wolf. And it's a fantastic myth-busting, really easy read. So Liz goes through all the myths that we've been exposed to in the last 50 years with regards to saturated fats and cholesterol and carbohydrates and um, protein requirements. And it's a real eye-opener, particularly for those that might not um, be, I guess, as up-to-date with natural nutrition and, and the whole real food revolution. So it, it really is um, a, a, an eye-opener as to, to what myths we've been believing as gospel for so long. Uh, that sounds good. It's, uh, yeah, in the last, I'd say, sort of 12, 18 months, there's been a huge, a huge shift to more gluten-free and, uh, you know, fats aren't, fats aren't the enemy, which, um, which is really good to see. So, and uh, like personally, I know quite a few people who are still having trouble getting their head around it, uh, mm. moving away from the – just moving away from the – you know, fats are bad, but mm. uh, more and more people are starting to, to see the light, I think. And when they do make that change to you know, not avoiding fats, they are seeing a better result, not only in their, in their sports and their, and their competition results, but also in their, their weight management. Absolutely. And I think the proof is in the pudding, pardon the pun, because they're not <laughs> going to necessarily believe you when you tell them to start eating fat when they have 10 or even five or one year of counting in low fat. But once they feel the benefits and they feel more satiated and their energy levels are controlled and, and the, the positive benefit of that is some fat loss, I mean, why would you go back? So, you know, to anyone that's a little bit unsure, I would just suggest to them that trial and error is the key. And, and once you do get those positive results, that's the, um, the motivation to continue. Plus, they usually taste a whole lot better too. 
which I think is oh, a food is so thing. much more tasty. <laughs> that, <laughs> That's yeah. the best bit. I used to, um, when I was younger, my my grandma used to always make me uh, like butter on toast, and I used to think butter was just the worst thing you could have. But I, you know, I'd allow allow myself to eat it. Uh, but I'd usually have margarine because I thought that was the healthier option. But you know, I'm so happy today that butter is uh, the better option than margarine. And bacon and full fat, everything. Oh, it's fantastic. That's right. And that's that saying, don't, uh, don't eat anything your great-grandmother wouldn't recognize as food is spot on because they had it <laughs> so right. And then industry came in and ruined it for us, but we're coming full circle now. So that's the main, that's the main thing. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. And what, um, what sort of programs are you offering for athletes at the moment in, in terms of um, as a nutritionist and, and weight loss programs and that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So I've got a high performance weight loss program that is uh, my most successful program. Um, what I do with athletes is um, a tailored consultation to develop the the nutrition plan. There is some supplement advice in there depending on the individual and we focus on fueling as well if it's a more of an endurance athlete. Um, that program is then developed and we work together over a number of weeks or months to obviously make it more of an evolution. I think people get quite overwhelmed with having to make every change yesterday when that isn't a sustainable approach. So it's about taking those daily steps and, you know, you would have experienced it firsthand. Now you look back and you never think twice about eating differently or fueling differently, but you didn't get there in one day. It's a, it's an evolution over time and, and that's the way it should be to make it long-term and sustainable. Yeah, that's right. I found it was it was figuring out what you could what you could eat in substitute of some of the foods I was already having. Yeah, uh, the best choice. Absolutely, it's about making the best choice. Yeah, and, and know and knowing what yeah what you could replace it with that that was a better option nutritionally and you know cutting out the the gluten and, and all that sort of stuff. So it you know it, it took me four five six months to sort of really come around and know what I could eat for for breakfast uh, in substitute to the cereal that I normally have and then for lunch and for dinner and snacks and that sort of thing. So it was, um, yeah, you're right. It's it's definitely a process and you can't just make that, or you can, but it's very difficult to stick to it if you make that entire change from day one because you just, I think you find yourself quite frazzled with, you know, the, the big change and then, you know, just having everything ready there to eat. And Sunday is my day of preparation. If I And if I don't get my week's food prepared on Sunday, I'm usually thrown out for that week. Mm. I think that's, I mean, that's a big part of it. You need to be organized if you're really serious about um, what you're putting in your mouth, what you're refueling with. And particularly in this day and age, we're, we're all so busy and we have full-time jobs and families and <laughs> our training commitment on top of that. So a little bit of preparation goes a long way. And I think it is that it is that process, that evolution that is really important to remember because you don't want to turn it and diet like because then that's just another version of calorie counting in itself. Um, if it's something that you can integrate into your life, then you're then you're going to enjoy it and, and stick to it, which is the main principle. Yeah, absolutely. And one of my one of my favourite preparations for breakfast now is. Uh, chia uh, chia pudding, so it's good. Three uh, or three parts coconut water, one part chia seeds, and I usually put in some frozen raspberries or something like something along those lines, and make up five or six of those for the week. Put them in the fridge, and mm. then uh, yeah, as a wake up for coaching in the morning, just have one of those, and it's that is such a good way to start the day. I feel so much better than grabbing a coffee on the way to work. No, absolutely, and you're starting with 
fats, good protein, and you've got like obviously a small amount of carbohydrate in there if you're adding things like fresh fruit, but you can really do a lot with a chia pudding because you can add nuts and seeds if you like. But the best thing about it is that it's almost ready to go. So there's no time excuse. There's no need to be grabbing a coffee and a muffin because you haven't organized yourself. So yeah, it's certainly a great idea to start the day with a chia pudding. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've got Kelly Slade to thank for that. And you, (laughs) (laughs) you would have seen the ads. Uh, But uh, look, I I reckon he's awesome and uh, they taste good anyway. So you can make your own too. So, oh, and that's what I do. That's what I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, good. That's how yeah, I uh, justify that I'm not just copying Callie Slater. So, <laughs> um, thanks for that, Steph. And where can people uh, find out more about you and get the recipes and all that sort of stuff? Great. So, it's the natural nutritionist.com.au. Um, Facebook is the natural nutritionist, uh, Twitter and Instagram. So, lots of posts going up on social media daily. And um, there's a, usually a new recipe or two and a blog post with a sort of frequently answered question during the week as well. You can subscribe on the website and it gets delivered into your inbox every Friday. And that's all available online at thenaturalnutritionist.com.au. Awesome. Thank you, Steph. Good, to, good chatting with you. Great to chat. We'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us on the Effortless Swimming Podcast. To get transcriptions, bonus videos, and to be the first to hear about new episodes, go to swimmingpodcast.com.